0: Design New Podcast, Episode 28. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to Design You. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board, Dana Farrant. Dana is a master healer, a life strategist, a former dominatrix, and the past CEO of a seven-figure business. She helps people get out of their own way and live. With no excuses and no apologies, their most powerful, connected, and fun-filled lives. Having grown up in a cult and survived just about every form of abuse, she has made it her life's work to heal herself first and then to help others to truly step into their true power. Join me as I chat with Dana about unleashing your inner dominatrix. Hi, Dana. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today?
1: Oh, thanks, Tina. I'm doing great.
0: (laughs) Tell me, what is it you're
1: doing right now to design your best life? So, you know, I think the biggest thing right now is that I'm... I finally get to do full out what I absolutely love doing, which is coaching women to step into their inner dominatrix.
0: Okay, so that's a bit of a, that's a word people are going to go, oh, oh."
1: tell me more about that. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I love about that word. (laughs) Tell us more, why dominatrix? Okay, so I actually spent some time being a dominatrix, so that's, you know, that's the past. But then what I noticed is that I had, I had a business that it was, you know, we're at the million mark, we've got staff and we've got all this stuff going on, but we hit a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And, and what happened is that I started to be able to look at what I was doing in the business and I realized that I was not bringing my power into the business. So here I have all this power in my personal life and all that going on. And then in business, I'm like, you know, hiring the wrong people and doing all this stuff. And so it was like this, I need to bring this energy in. And as I did, things changed dramatically. So that's what lit the spark for me to to want to actually bring that energy in. And really now I play with it as more of an archetype as opposed to any whips.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you could whip your whip your clients into submission if they
1: we could you kick up the bum. yeah.
0: <laughs> so tell us about this um, dominatrix archetype. Like for us to embrace that, what what would
1: we be getting in touch with? Okay, so if we imagine, you know, you, you can kind of you know visualize if you know about the dominatrix and that that whole BDSM area, it's a very strong personality. But we want to kind of pull back. And for those that don't know much about the dominatrix, it's actually a high level service position. Mm -hmm. Because you have to know intimately who you're working with, what their triggers are, what's okay, what's not okay, you know, where they want to go, what do they want to get out of the session. You need to know a lot of information. So I would need to negotiate for, you know, three, four hours of pulling all this information out. And then crafting a scene for them, and then setting the stage, holding the power, and ultimately creating this space where they can drop into a very deep level of surrender. Mm. So that's that piece, to set the stage. So what that means is, as an archetype, we have, um, we have a female archetype that really holds your power. It's, this is my dungeon, this is my space. I get to say what the rules are. Mm-hmm and at the same time it's that high level service because we want to be serving our clients absolutely but in a way that's honoring for both so that's the other piece like negotiation what is honoring for both people mm. and i think both of those components are very much missing especially for women in business mm. you really need you know, lose that piece and then of course who better to teach you about confidence than a dominatrix right <laughs> <laughs> It's a very good archetype for that. Um, So, yeah, so I'd say that's kind of a good overview of what that archetype is.
0: Yeah. I'd like to come back to having that confidence, but I just want to touch back on one thing in both those two earlier bits you were talking about, about, you know, being part of your dungeon and that communication with your client. I think that to me is really key because you're talking about really deeply people really exposing themselves there's a whole lot of trust involved in that and coming back to when you're talking about running your own business and hiring the wrong people there's there obviously was a disconnect there that you're aware of um, <laughs> so how yes. do we you know how often do we do you see all of us in our lives just floundering because we're not actually having
1: those real conversations oh okay. tremendous I mean this this spills out into Um, Our personal relationships, our relationships with our family, you know, the intimate relationships, of course. I mean, very few couples go and dive in deep into you know being able to say, well, what are your fantasies? What do you like? What do you not like? And, you know, having those deep level of conversation, because if you can have a conversation with your partner that, you know, I think I'd like to be spanked with a rubber chicken while you wear a pink tutu. You can probably talk about money. Right. You're (laughs) right. (laughs) Right? You know, so it's it's those kinds of things. And, you know, that takes all of those stigmas and the power out of it and Mm -hmm. the fear of saying something. And you just, you can play a much bigger game when you're not afraid to fully show up. It's really quite fun.
0: Mm, absolutely. And I think if you're getting to that level of having that much power, that's going to help obviously with your confidence too. But there's two sides to confidence. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that?
1: Well, I think what most people see, you know, on the outside, they, they'll look at somebody who's, you know, just a big, you know, puffer fish, right? They're like, oh, puffed up and, you know, they're out there tooting their horn and, oh, I'm so great. I'm so great. That's not confidence because oftentimes that comes from a place of feeling insecure. So they overcompensate Mm -hmm. confidence to me is a quiet place that comes from within where you walk into the room and you, you're not doubting what's going on. You're not doubting your abilities. You're not comparing yourself of how you look to everybody else. Did I overdress? Did I underdress? Should I wear the right clothes? Should I wear this jacket? Should I wear that jacket? Oh my God. You know, confidence goes you walk in you feel in your body and without saying a word you're able to attract people because you feel good in your own skin to me that's confidence Mm.
0: absolutely and how can you bring people to that because that's not something we can just click our fingers and, and get there
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, people that tout the tools of how to change it energetically or like your, you know, shift your state and stand like this. And, you know, the power of hoses, right. Mm. And, and they've proven that that only works temporarily. Mm. And so, you know, I will teach those tools, but I say to people, okay, that's just, that's a booster. Yeah. What it really comes down to is that we've got to weed out what is the ingrained patterns? What are those ingrained thoughts that keep popping up that make us believe that we're worth less than someone else mm. that make us believe that our message is any less powerful than anybody else's or any less important, you know, those kinds of thoughts, we've got to root those out sure. and, and be taking the action to follow up. So it's a twofold, change the beliefs and then get out there and take the action and, and just stand in it a little bit more, a little bit more. So it is progressive yeah. to change.
0: And how do you see it for women? Because I know often um, a lot of women I've spoken to feel like they are not heard on many different levels, whether it's uh, at home or in the office. So how does that come in? Obviously confidence is a part of that, but how can we then be able to speak without being um, doing the opposite, and actually running over people is
1: us uh, speaking to us, you know? I know, I know. That's what everybody says, well, I don't want to be like that because I'm just going to be a big nasty bitch, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I forgot to ask if we get some breath. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, you shouldn't invite a former dominatrix on. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, the piece about how do I stand in my confidence without running people over? Again, it comes back around to changing your perception of what confidence is. Confidence is quiet. Quiet, Confidence comes without saying a word. So there's no need to run anybody over. If you're running people over, you're probably not confident. Mm -hmm. Your confidence comes, you know, and quite often, like I have the best shifts with people without saying a word. I will hold that silence, and silence is so powerful, but because I'm willing to sit in the silence, And, and that's a gift of my time in the dungeon that I'm willing to make people uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's probably the biggest shift. Confidence is not anything external. It's all an internal game. Mm. It's all about you getting in your body. Yeah. And the more you're in your body, and for women, if you want like an external tool, it's to drop your voice down. You've got to come down mm. an octave come down in you know the more high pitched you are the less people hear you mm.
0: yep and the less respect unfortunately too because the higher the level of um theology, yes. the, the less respect people seem to absolutely you. yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah and then there's some other little fun tricks that we can do with you know playing with the masculine pulling the masculine energy up in front mm-hmm. especially if you're going to be in a room full of men mm-hmm. um a bit graphic but if you kind of imagine you know Men typically in a in a room, everybody does a little bit of posturing, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like the proverbial sit around measure your dick kind of thing. <laughs> so as a woman, you know, you come out and you've got to like engage some of that energy, and you know, just come out there as like, I have the biggest one here, <laughs> right? And you're owning that. You're not saying it, but energetically, you're coming in and like, I just know, like, Ooh. there's there's a respect that shifts when you come from that, and that takes time. I mean, that's not mm. going to be like, here, try this out when you haven't done any of the other work. <laughs> Do not try this at home until you've done the base work, okay? <laughs> but there's lots of things that people can play with mm. to bring that up.
0: Sure. You talk about energetically a lot. Would you like to delve into that a little bit further? Because, you know, there's people who go, oh, there's woo-woo, but what I can see with what you're saying is there's a real practical application in amongst that, it's a balance between the
1: absolutely, two. yeah, yeah. I, I've often said that I'm I'm the one to bring the woo woo into the practical, mm. um, because I have both. I like looking at the practical as well. I'm very strongly based on the energy of the woo woo, yeah. But if you're off in the ethers, you're not in your body, mm. and you know, I'm sorry, you you signed up to be in a body. So how about you be in your body? That's that's my take on it. yeah <laughs> Right.
0: Yeah. And how about, it feels to me too, there's a very much a strong sense of being unapologetic. Like this is who I am. These are the experiences I've had. And this is not just from your point of view, but it feels like this is what you bring out in your clients. Like Mm -hmm. own it. Like be you. It's going to help with your confidence. Yes. But, you know, so how do people get to that point where they can be unapologetic about who they are and
1: still be nice people, of course? (laughs) I love you. <laughs> this, this is great. It's like, leads right into one of the other pieces that I love doing with people is getting to the, to the space where yes, unapologetic. Um, I call it being willing to lose everyone and everything. Okay. Okay. So again, this is, this is, you know, this is bigger after you've done some of the base work, we clear out the judgments, we get you tuned into your intuition. And then the third level is this piece of when you're willing to lose everything, mm-hmm. then it's about, diving in and really connecting with who you are and being un- unapologetic mm-hmm. that you know this the quote from maya angelo who says um to get to this space of belonging nowhere and everywhere mm-hmm. right oh, she's so beautiful but it's that it's it's clearing off any attachment to anybody needing to approve you like you, you know, the hooks and whatnot so that you can show up and you say, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. There's also nothing wrong with you judging me. Mm. And, and that's the high level piece. I love to get people to the place where judgment becomes a fuel mm. for you and your business. Yes. Mm. So because everybody's going to judge you, yep. especially if you get really big in business, they're going to judge you a whole lot. Mm. So why not use that as fuel mm. to actually move you forward?
0: yeah and you've obviously done that you're coming from a dominatrix background it's just a guess people might judge it <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah I can see how that's become a fuel you've owned it you you're like you know what this is go you know, and I believe we take everything from experiences we've had in our background and how do you help people to really embrace those experiences, especially ones where they haven't been a great experience at the time and there might be a lot of baggage attached to that. How
1: how mm-hmm. can you help people to turn that around for themselves? So I I work with a lot of um, psychoenergetic tools that help to break the the link of. So we have like the energetic disruption. We have the memory, and and right now is that these things are linked together. And so every time you think about the memory or something similar happens, it triggers all of the the energy disruption. So. There's a lot of different tools that, that break it because it's about you choosing to let it go as soon as you recognize it. Oh, that's it. I, that Let's just disconnect that. So that's a lot of what I do is helping people to really get this process where they're, they're letting go of the charge on anything. Mm-hmm. And it can be the charge on the positive side or the negative side. Yeah. So if we take, for example, you know, I'm okay with people looking at me. We do, we do that and you can use the breath and if we if we use the breath with the intention that it's just going to clear the system and you say the statement I'm okay with people looking at me, and you just kind of notice what comes up in your system you take a deep breath and you intend to clear that you may need to do that two or three times and then you look at the opposite and you say I'm okay with people not looking at me or I'm okay you know, I'm not okay with people looking at me and clearing all of this from our system we start to you know unlock this baggage process and then it's easier to show up and then of course as we up level there'll be a whole nother level of things that we can unearth and untangle and then go to the next right so it's a it's a process
0: yeah for sure and I, I believe it's a never ending process I believe still another hundred mm. years old and my grandma's about to turn a hundred
1: so plan to get
0: there um, I believe that you know, we'll still be learning
1: and developing if if we're open to it absolutely i'm with you on that i i believe that there's there's an infinite amount of growth that we are capable of there's Mm. infinite amount of things that we can create and do in our in our bodies our bodies are incredible Mm. and we've only like we've barely scratched the surface so even if we you know unearth all of this baggage that most people you know would identify as baggage there's still all the the realms of okay where else can we go Mm. what else can we explore and play with so exciting
0: yeah and what's the best bit for you when you're working with these women and you're seeing them start to show up and start to become unapologetic what what do you get out of it
1: oh it's such a rush, it really is. I, you know, I think of oh my goodness, I can think about all the different people who that that I've worked with, and to watch them get it, to watch them, you know, really connect with oh, this is me. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like to be in my body. This is what it feels like to follow what I know, mm-hmm. and then watch them stepping into it and taking action. And you know, again, it's it's a process, but There's just that incremental where they're standing up more. Maybe they're, um, you know, standing up to their bosses or standing up to, you know, bad clients. Or, you know, one case I had a client, she was able to negotiate for the sale of her business from a million to a million five. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's standing in your power. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you get into all of this?
1: Well, you know, I have been doing coaching, but under you know under a massage therapy license for twenty four years, and um, and then at the time with, like along with the massage therapy practice, I had a massage therapy clinic and this bigger um, supply outlet and training facility. So, I'm a bit of a workaholic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so so we've got all that going on, and um, you know, when I hit the the bankruptcy with the business had to turn it around. I had to give up my massage practice, focus on that, get it turned around. And that gave me a space to realize that what I actually love is the transformation in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And massage was very limiting. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna give that up so that people will actually allow themselves the deeper transformation. Mm. So when I sold my um, supply outlet at the end of 2016, that gave me the chance to go full-time and it's been phenomenal. Mm.
0: And what I love about that is, you know, people say do what you love and make it a job. I think there's a lot of jobs, in inverted commas, that we can do which touch whatever that thing is that really gets us like excited about life it doesn't have to be one way we need to tap in exactly like you did and go wow this is the part that I love now where can I get that and it mightn't just be in coaching there's other opportunities for you to get that transformation piece with other people and that's what's that when people get that that's when you can see it shine out of their eyes and every part of their skin because they've actually got what it is that they is important to them not what the external it looks like
1: yeah it's and it's magnetic you know when when we're lit up about what we're doing Mm -hmm. you know you listen to anybody who is lit up about what they do Mm -hmm. it pulls you in like Mm -hmm. my best example is that my husband and I when we were dating and he's telling me so he's a bobcat mechanic so those skid steers things so I know, like I'm not interested in bobcats, digger equipment, mechanics, nothing. But he's so passionate about it. He's so lit up that I get excited, yeah. and now I'm starting to. I feel like I could go and fix these things because we talk so much. <laughs> you know, but it's that passion that just pulls you in. Yeah, I, I wanted to be around him because he was he was so on fire. Yeah. It's what he was doing. Yeah, beautiful. I
0: love it. Yeah. Um, how do people get in touch with you?
1: So uh, best way is through the website, com, which is P-H-A-R-A-N-T. Uh, and then I am the only Dana Ferrant in the world. I love this. Ooh. So you can Google me, you can, any of the social media platforms, you're more than welcome to reach out, connect. I'd love it.
0: Fantastic. And in 50 years' time? Where would you like to see yourself?
1: Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, still alive because uh, I'll be pushing the 100 mark for, <laughs> in 50 years' time. Me too. It's fine. <laughs> no. Well, alive, for, you know, provided that I'm still, you know, up and functional, I don't want to be, you know, in nursing home at that point. So, yeah, I think at that point I'd be retired. I think 100, I you did say you're a workaholic, though, so you never know. I know, I know. I, I, I am on the Freedom 80 plan. So we have this this uh, company in Canada called Freedom 55, and they, they're always selling, the, you know, how to retire at 55. So I joke and I say I ha- I'm on the Freedom 80 plan. <laughs> <laughs> so. too, it comes back to what you choose. And I know
0: not everyone can choose financially when they stop working, but if you love what you're doing, you don't
1: want to stop it, do you? What? No, no. I mean, I'll probably scale back or change it a little bit, but yeah. I have the ability with this. To, why should? Why do I have to stop? Yeah, I, I doubt. I, I doubt I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Although my husband would like me to, do, but
0: <laughs> we well, can just turn the bobcat engine up a bit if he needs to drown you out for a bit.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're weird, you're <laughs>
0: So okay, so at a hundred you'll still be talking. You would have scaled back your work. What else?
1: What would be around? Oh, I would be around. I you know, definitely so we're we're about to move and find waterfront. Um that's our next piece. And I could see myself still living at the waterfront. Yeah. Um Yeah, what else? You know, hanging out. I'm hope to still be drinking wine and hanging out with friends. that would be good. I often joke around. I say, I'm going to be that old lady on the porch, you know, the one on the rocking chair with a shotgun going, God dare you. <laughs> I'll be that feisty old woman. I've said to people, like, I'm going to be that feisty old woman. They're like, you're already feisty. I'm like, yeah, I know. i <laughs> so, so get better at it. <laughs> It was um,
0: a year or so ago my mum passed away and she had this dream of having a red coffin and we didn't tell anybody but we got this fire-engine red coffin and she wanted purple flowers because of that whole, you know, thing clashing, that old lady in the purple hat and the red, etc. I love it. And so we didn't tell anyone. It took an extra week for the funeral because this was a special, you know, thing but a really simple coffin just painted this bright red with these purple flowers on top. And it was amazing. When everyone walked in, it was like, Yep, that's Sandy, that's my mum. And I loved them. So even when she'd gone, there was still her shining through just through this, this bit of fun that she wanted to have. And it was it was perfect. I loved it. That's fantastic. So you yeah. sound like you might be uh, might be um, having to think about what what fun you can have even at the other end <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I want to be cremated. So I'm like, but I think I could, you know, have in my wishes send the people off to some sort of, you know, adventure to yeah.
0: dispose of
1: them.
0: Yeah, well, mum was <laughs> cremated, but there was the service before where she was in this fright. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And the hilarious thing was when she, um, the songs that she had picked, <laughs> when um, everyone went out to say goodbye, she um, had picked – That'll be the day by Body Holly, and for some reason it blasted out like it. So the first, the first part of that song is, "That'll be the day that I die," and it was like full block. And it just made
1: everyone laughing. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be laughing at when I die. It's like, yeah. yeah it's, I, I don't take death very seriously. I, I think you know it's crazy because no one gets out alive and yet everybody gets all freaked out about it it's like yeah kind of inevitable
0: yeah just a little bit I was talking to someone the other day about that and they said oh oh um, something about they won't die and I went you know that one day they actually will and he's like oh yeah yeah you're right
1: <laughs> yeah and yet you know it's like we make it so wrong guys mm. like it's a failure when you die I'm like why is it a failure? Like mm. it's the inevitable goal, so shouldn't that be a celebration? Yeah. Yeah. You made it. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully had some fun along the way. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. So coming back
0: to you know, this is talking about fear, really. And obviously, um, there's a lot of trust in the whole dominatrix process. Um but when you're helping people to go through their fears to become the person they want to do, what's one of the biggest things that you find people struggle with? And I'm not necessarily talking about your
1: dominatrix clients. I'm talking about
0: <laughs> your um, coaching clients. What do you think are one of our yeah. biggest thoughts?
1: Um I think the biggest thing is for most people to be reprogramming themselves to stop assuming it's theirs. So here's the thing. Fear, like anxiety, fear, and excitement are physiological, physiologically nearly identical. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, we label it as fear when it's actually excitement. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that because we have this ability to be a psychic sponge and take on stuff from other people, then, you know, we are absorbing other people's fears or interpreted fears, their whatever and and so a lot of what i do is is really training people to differentiate what is actually yours and what is not because if it's not yours all it needs to be is thrown out Mm. and it's a good 90 percent of the stuff so yeah so it's great because i can short circuit my amount of work which i love (laughs) i'm kind of the lazy dominatrix honestly (laughs) (laughs) that's why i'm not doing the whips anymore it's a lot of work So, yeah, that's, that's my main thing is, if, first of all, to be able to identify what is actually yours, what is not, and then what is fear. Yeah. Do you you find really it, I bet it does. And do you find most people
0: are really surprised when they actually see that a big part of what they've taken on and that they take as theirs has got nothing to do with them at all? And oh, yeah. Is that a relief for them once they understand that?
1: It's a relief, and at the same time, um, the breaking of that habit is the challenge, and that becomes, you know, like breaking the addiction of smoking or you know, sugar. Any of the addictions. Um, So initially, it's a relief, and then it becomes like, oh, damn, I bought it again. Ah, bought it again, and so we just need to keep, you know, I just keep reminding them you're building a muscle. You're getting there, but we have to, yes, we're gonna to have to keep reminding, you're gonna to have to keep asking those questions and checking in. Mm-hmm. And and then I ultimately, I'm, I'm always suggesting for people to, what if we start with assuming it's not yours? Nice, I like it, yeah. Right? There's uh, 7 billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. How many of them do you think you're living in fear? Mm-hmm. Have the ability to pick up from all of them, so you know, the odds mathematical odds that you're actually not feeling your own fear, you're feeling everybody else's fear, Mm -hmm. is really, really high. So if we just start from there and say, what if it's, you know, cleared out, okay, it's not mine, I'm going to just let it go. If it sticks around, then you you can deal with it another way.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there any advice you'd like to give people of Design New Community about how they can live their best life?
1: I would say, you know, to not be afraid to try different ways of, changing your thought patterns, your beliefs, um, and to try action with it. So, you know, if you're the type of person that is more action oriented, you'll probably find that your beliefs will change, you know, as you take more action. Sure. And if you're the person that's more, you know, the, the thought feeling orientation, then changing your beliefs, you know, you, you need to make some conscious effort to then take action along with changing the beliefs. Mm. So I'd say that's probably my piece is that it it is twofold, right? We can do all this work on changing our beliefs and you'll feel good sitting in the pile of crap that you've been sitting in for years. (laughs) Or we can change the beliefs and keep moving and doing them both at the same time. And then you will actually redesign your life the way you want it Mm. to. Yeah. Action's key, isn't it? Absolutely. You can't get out. You can't move if you're not actually moving.
0: Yeah. And the thing I find fascinating too is I think people forget that no matter what, life changes anyway. Even if we for some reason decide we are not going to change and we're just gonna stay in this little bubble that we're in, unfortunately life happens to us whether we like it or not, and in time you're gonna be kicked out of that bubble. So why not take some control yourself and work right. you as you start to negotiate your way forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Getting comfortable with changing. And, and like you say, you know, the reality is life is going to change around you and even more so, I mean, just on a technology basis, yeah. things are changing dramatically. You can't keep up with the changes. It's absolutely impossible. But being comfortable with change happening mm. is critical to your survival at this point. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. You've been amazing to talk to and loved every yeah.
1: moment of it. Thank you too, Tina. This has been fun.
0: A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design New podcast, and helps us to reach Design viewers from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design New podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tina.murray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, as you design communicate it. it and delivered.